Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you, either now or at one point in your life, considered yourself a runner? How many runners? Don't be shy. How many runners do we have in here? Those of y'all that are not raising your hands, these are people you can pray for. <laughs> no, we're actually going to learn uh, something uh, from our uh, runners today. See, I used to think running was, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, all that you need to be is fast. Now, when I was younger, I was just that. I was fast. In third grade, our PE teacher lined us up on one side of the parking lot and had us race to the other end of the parking lot. And guess who finished in first place? My friend Paul. <laughs> but guess who finished it close in second? I did. And so after PE, my teacher, Mrs. Zebes, pulled me aside and she said, you know, you're, you're fast. You should go to the cross country meet this Saturday. And I said, I am fast. I should go to the cross country meet this Saturday. So Saturday morning comes and I go to the meet. I haven't trained with the team. I don't know who's on the team. I don't know what cross country is, but I'm at the meet. So we're at the end of, of uh, the football field at the high school, and uh, we're, we're all lined up, and there's a coach on the other end of the football field. So I assume we just run to the coach. I can do that. That's about as big as the parking lot was at our school. And so I'm in the zone. I'm ready. I'm staring right at the, at the, the coach, the finish line. You know, I am speed. I'm ready to go. They fire off the starting gun. I bolt out of there. We're getting close to the coach. Everyone else is behind me. I'm in first place thinking about my victory lap. And all of a sudden, I notice the coach starts waving his arm and pointing towards the fence. See, they had opened the gate to the fence and they wanted us to keep going. They, apparently, they had this whole course mapped out where you go all the way around the stadium, around the entire campus of the high school there. And the issue is I make it to the end of the football field and I can't breathe. Now, I don't know how many of you are medical professionals here, but all I know is that breathing is important. And uh, so I proceed to then walk the entire rest of the race, gasping for air. I go from first place and I finish in 118th place ahead still of 25 other people. And at the press conference after the cross country meet, I tearfully announced my retirement from the sport of cross country. See, the issue was I, I was fast, but what I didn't have was endurance. I was fast, but I didn't have endurance. You see, we can learn a thing or two from the runners among us today because it's an image that Scripture uses pretty frequently to talk about faith. Paul, as well as the author of Hebrews, talks about running the race of faith. And I think oftentimes what we lack in this race of faith is endurance. Is that I'm not just, just sprinting to the end, sprinting to confirmation, and then I get to finish. And all of a sudden I, I, I'm approaching that milestone and they're waving me around and I have to keep going. 
Or I'm going through a difficult time. I just need to make it to this point. I need to make it till the kids are a little bit older. Whatever the milestone is, we find out we don't have endurance. I mean, running a race is, is, I think, a good analogy for this. Because the things that get in the way of us running a good race translate pretty well to what gets in, the, in running the race of faith. See, in my very brief illustrious cross-country career, one of the things that got in my way was a lack of training. I hadn't gone to a single practice. I didn't know who was on the team. I didn't have this community around me to help me, to run with me, to help me to keep going. Lack of training meant that I didn't have endurance. And in the same way, in our faith, oftentimes it's a lack of training that causes us to either slow down or to stop the race. You think about it, the average church attendance is no longer weekly. Oftentimes it's not even monthly. It's just every once in a while when I can fit it in. A lack of regular training destroys our endurance. Or one of the other main ways that God trains us, that he builds us up for endurance, is through the study of his word. The average congregation has about 10% of worshiping members in Bible study on any given weekend. And at Zion, we're a little bit above that, but that's pretty close to where we are. About 10%. The primary way that God works and moves in us. And so we wonder why we're lacking endurance. We aren't connected with other believers, we aren't encouraging one another, praying for one another. Think about personal and family devotions. It's when we're not training, a lack of training can result in a lack of endurance. The second problem that I experienced in my race was injury can get in the way. See, I learned about a year later, one of the reasons I was having trouble breathing was because I have asthma. Uh, and, and I, you know, used to people would ask, why are you breathing so hard? Oh, it's because I have asthma. Now I answer differently. They say, why are you breathing so hard? I say, so I can live. What kind of a question is that? You know, but injury can get in the way of running a race. I mean, if, you, if you've ever had to try to run with, with a hurt leg, something like that, every single step, every breath just brings more and more pain. You slow down and eventually... You stop. And when it comes to the race of faith, it rarely is this physical injury that we're talking about. But oftentimes, it's relational or emotional injuries. Really, what it is, it's sin. Sin that has been done to us, oftentimes, by the people of God. When we're wounded, when a pastor, a leader, a member says something that they shouldn't, or they don't do something that we need them to do for us, that injury oftentimes results in us slowing down and stopping because every step, every chance we get to move forward on this race, we feel the pain again and again. You see, trauma and sin and unforgiveness are the injuries that slow us down, that get in the way of endurance. So many either limp across the finish line or they quit racing altogether. 
The final thing that I think gets in the way of our endurance is losing sight of the goal. I didn't even know where the finish line was in my race, much less why I was there. And I think in the race of faith, it's easy to lose sight of, why should I keep going? If maybe you take some time off from the race and you think life was going pretty well. Why should I get back in the race? Why should I keep going? I've tried and I've tried. I've reached out to this person countless times and yet nothing's happening. Why should I keep trying? Why should I keep going? See, there's so many things that can get in the way of endurance on our race of faith. And it's easy to think the solution is just, I'm just going to try harder next time. Right? New Year's is coming up, so I'm going to have a New Year's resolution that I'm going to be in Bible study. I'm going to be more active. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And not to completely discourage you from that idea, but think how long does the average New Year's resolution last? Three to seven days. We don't even make it out of week one of January. You see, endurance is not going to come through your efforts, through your power, through your strength. Endurance comes through the efforts, through the power, through the strength of Jesus Christ. This is what Hebrews chapter 12 says about running the race of faith. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us run with endurance. And where does endurance come from? It comes from fixing our eyes on Jesus who endured the cross for us. The only way that we're going to have endurance, the only way we're going to keep going is when someone wins and finishes the race for us. That's exactly what Jesus does on the cross. He endures the cross. He scorns its shame. And he is now seated at the right hand of God in victory. And instead of sitting there at the finish line, waiting for those who are huffing and puffing at the end to finally make it across, Jesus finishes the race and then he turns around and he goes back. He goes back to you and to me who are sitting in 118th place, barely able to breathe. He says, I've won the race for you. Why don't you come with me? Endurance comes from the God who gives us the victory in his son, Jesus Christ. See, when, when Jesus finishes the race and comes back and finds you, he brings healing to the things that get in the way of our endurance. See, our lack of training Jesus brings healing to that by giving us his people. This is what Paul is talking about in our epistle reading from Romans 15. We see in this reading the gifts of God that give endurance. Here's verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. See, God has put you in a new team. 
He's given you a new family. You're not meant to run this race on your own. You're not meant to walk through the difficulties, the struggles, the hardships of life on your own. You've been brought into this family that we can meet together, that we can encourage one another, that we can dive into the word and grow together, that we would have endurance. And this happens when we are gathered together in worship, when we're gathered together in Bible study. But it also happens on a smaller level in our homes with, with close friends. You see, I want to encourage those of you that are married, I want you to see your marriage in light of this race of faith. See, what God does in marriage is he brings two people that are running the race of faith. And he says, you guys are going to be running partners. You're going to run this race together. So my courage is don't leave your partner behind. In the race of faith, run together, pray together, study scripture together. It doesn't mean you have to go to the exact same Bible study. You have to use the same devotional, but run together. In your marriage, in your families, with your kids, with your close friends, don't run the race alone. God has given you this body so that we may endure together. See, the second thing that gets in the way of our endurance is injury. And in Jesus Christ, we also have healing for those injuries. Here's Romans 15, verse 5 and 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony. See, the solution to our injury, especially those that have been caused by God's people, is the forgiveness of God and Jesus Christ. God brings harmony he brings healing through his son. And notice he doesn't excuse the sin. He doesn't excuse the injury. He doesn't excuse the words that were said, the deeds that weren't done. No, he cares about that so deeply that he carries them to the cross. But he carries them to the cross so that they would not define you. That every step you take in this race would not remind you of the injury that you have caused or that has been done to you. See, there's no sin. There's no injury. There's no pain that's greater than the cross of Jesus Christ. So bring that to him. That you may be forgiven. That you may be restored. That the relationship with, with those that has been strained may be reconciled. We may be brought to harmony together, united in Christ Jesus. That's what we're called to do. is not to carry the injury, but to bring it and find healing in Jesus Christ. And the third thing that gets in the way of our race that Christ has come to heal is a lack 
of understanding the goal. This is what Paul says in verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Whatever was written in former days was written for your encouragement. Notice which scriptures is Paul talking about here. He's talking about the Old Testament, right? That, that, that first half of the Bible that oftentimes gets ignored, overlooked, and forgotten. Or put as just, well, those are stories for Sunday school. That's not really something for me. Paul says, no, those were written for your encouragement that you might have hope. All of Scripture, Old and New Testament, are written so that we can receive the promises of God and also so that we can see those promises lived out in the lives of broken, messy people like you and like me. See, when we open up God's word. When we see him at work, this is what we find. Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Moses was a murderer. So was David. So was Paul. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Jeremiah was depressed. Mary was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was dead. What was written was written for your encouragement that when we look at these heroes of the faith, what they say to us, what they encourage us is that there is one hero of this story. His name is Jesus. And he has won the race. He has won the victory for you and for me. So keep going. Keep running the race of faith. Keep growing and forgiving and inviting and serving. Keep going. Because in Jesus Christ, the victory, your victory, has been won. In his name, amen. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.